Correct. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm a 45-year-old space nerd. Each and every one of us is a crew member here on Spaceship Earth. The Galactic Guys, John Ennis and Mighty Mike Taylor. There is a space age quality to them. This is the Galactic Coast Power Hour on Vinyl Draft Radio. They're all we could afford. The Galactic Coast Power Hour. More with these two. In just a minute. That is right. This is the Galactic Coast Power Hour, and we're coming to you live from the ACU of Texas studio on the top floor of the historic Gemini building, just down the street from the home of human spaceflight. My name is John Ennis, and tonight on National Sausage Pizza Day, I'm joined by my brother and brew money, Mike Taylor. Yo, yo. And our sister and brew, Sylvia, for Trade Mobile App, Benvenidas. Hello, guys. Hello. Isn't the weather nice? Oh, it's beautiful oh, today. Yeah. <laughs> But enough about us. Today in studio, we're excited and honored to have retired U.S. Air Force Lieutenant General and Lone Star Flight Museum CEO, Douglas Owens, on the show. General Owens, first, thank you for your 33-plus years of service. And thank you, sir. And thank you for joining us. Welcome. Well, thanks, folks. It's a real pleasure for me to be here with you tonight. Excellent. And uh, we can instantly take the show in a number of directions, but I, I thought that we might start with an uh, event that's coming up this weekend on Saturday, October 13th, over at the Lone Star Flight Museum. That's the Hangar Bash. Yeah, that's a, a great way to start the show, I think. We've got uh, a, a lot of fun headed our way uh, in preparation a uh, week before the air show. We've got the Hangar Bash, where we're going to uh, bring together barbecue, beer, and planes uh, at one, uh, in mm. one place at the museum. Mm. I think right. it'll be a great time to, uh, to come up and visit with us and uh, We've got tickets on a, on sale on online and at the door, and everybody can come and have a great time. Is Excellent. it first year? Is it a new? Is it a new event? Or? This, this is the, this this is is the inaugural the, event. Yeah, this is the first uh, first year and first opportunity for us to do the hangar bash. I can't think of a better venue for a for a beer event than a you know. At a, mm, I would say not. <laughs> I would say there's no way you could come up with a better better place for this event so how how did this come up? I mean, was this an idea somebody from the museum had, or were you approached by? Some of the breweries, or well, actually, it was an idea came up. Uh, we came up with at uh, at the museum. We've got uh, the Silver Silver Eagle Distributors that are uh, one of our uh, principal sponsors, along with uh, the Lone Star uh, Cowboy Cookers, who are renowned um, championship uh, barbecuers. Uh, they've um, mm. been uh, uh, been a, a steady um, draw at the at the rodeo. They've got the biggest venue at the rodeo, and they do great uh, great barbecue. So they're going to provide all the food. Silver Eagles uh, providing uh, all the beer. They'll have fourteen uh, different uh, breweries that'll be represented. Uh, Twenty eight wow. different beers, and uh, we're we're looking forward to a great uh, great afternoon and evening. Excellent! It's a pretty impressive lineup. Of really, breweries. I was just going to say, yeah. like, which ones were they? I haven't seen the. Event. Event or come across well first I've been of all slacking. spindle tap spindle tap well i know i know spindle tap yeah for sure so spindle tap st arnold's no uh eighth wonder no label Elysian, lazy magnolia out of, oh, out of okay. mississippi firestone walker matter of fact we have some of the breweries that are participating represented here matter of fact we're i think we're all drinking some beers i think uh yeah. been Absolutely. drinking some, some uh spindle tap yeah and, uh, houston hayes My, uh, mike's drinking some uh, st arnold's and the general and i are drinking some uh, no label yeah so we're all drinking beer that might be that will be available or represented at the, at the event so that should be a lot of fun so how does the event work like is it you you pay a ticket price and then you just um, like what what is all included for admission so we've got uh 55 uh, general admission price that uh, will get you um 
uh, a passport uh, that'll have uh, offer you uh, 12 opportunities at uh, four ounce, uh, 12 four ounce opportunities. You can, okay. you can slice and dice that any way you want. You Excellent. can take uh, take three twelve ounce or however you however you want to do it. <laughs> but if you want to try every try them out, you can you can certainly do that. We've even got a twenty five dollar uh, designated driver deal. Uh, oh, nice. For folks. Okay, so, so bring a friend. That, you uh, know, seventy five dollar uh, VIP experience if you want to come do that as well. So there's uh, lots of opportunity to come out uh, different levels and uh, and and just have a great time. What's the perks of the VIP? Uh, it's for very important people. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, guests at the event, they get to check out all the, uh, the all the other offerings from the museum. You, you know, get the airplanes will be will all be there. So, and uh, all of the different breweries be, be set up in the in both of the hangars, and uh, so we get a chance to. Oh, cool! To, so the, among the planes, they'll be set up among the planes. You bet. Among the planes, oh, they'll start barbecuing. Uh, uh, early Saturday morning, and uh, we'll have everything ready to go, and uh, it'll it'll be a lot of fun. So it starts uh, for the VIPs at three o'clock, four o'clock for everybody else, and mm. run till run till eight. And uh, I've been told we'll not run out of beer. So uh, oh yeah. Uh, so uh, please come uh, come out, everybody, and, and join us. I think it'll be a great time. Sounds like a great time. Was there, was there a lot of competition between the breweries between uh, where they wanted to be? I want to be by the B seventeen, or I want to be under the <laughs> want to be next to the Corsair, or anything like that. Or I think this will be a little bit of a new experience for all of them right. so i'm not sure they they appreciate what they're what they're really in for uh so the, they'll, you also they'll have get a the, chance. the 101 helicopter there right we still have the cobra uh, cobra helicopter that's oh, there we man. do nice. oh the the well and we're, we're about to dive the, the, it's got the screaming eagle logo on the we're gonna, oh we're, man that's, that's so much fun awesome. we're gonna dive deep into all the planes um but I guess we, we just said that the uh, right <laughs> the museum just celebrated its first anniversary in its current location. We sure did. Uh, we've been uh, very blessed over this past year, um, as uh, many of your listeners may may know or not know. Uh, we were supposed to have opened uh, the first of September of last year, which is uh, which is, was a Friday. And if uh, if you remember, the Friday oh, yeah. prior to that, it started raining, and, uh, <laughs> and it never stopped. And it's rained for five straight days and fifty plus inches, and uh, rained us out of our grand opening uh, but uh, we didn't suffer we were very fortunate uh, we didn't suffer any uh, ill effects of that and the decision to move us to higher ground was a wise one by our directors and uh, so we uh, um, we took a little bit of a break supported those that had been impacted by Harvey and eventually opened up on uh, 30 September and with our grand opening uh, so we uh, since that time we've had uh, thousands of folks come through just during the summer alone we've had over 3,000 young people come and visit our uh, our, our different uh, uh, learning opportunities at the at the museum awesome inspiring the young people getting yeah, sure exactly. that's where it's at. and that's sure. that's one of the major differences between you know obviously it's much larger than you know the, the new facility it's like what a 38 million dollar facility when it's all said and done but uh, there's like whole wings of educational opportunities for the kids and East Stem and, and which you know that opportunity wasn't available because of space in Galveston correct uh, that, that's true at, at Galveston uh, uh, the the museum was pretty much centered around the Warbird collection and as uh, we moved uh, to Ellington a conscious decision was made to change the mission of the museum so now we we truly do we celebrate all kinds of flight and we celebrate achievements in Texas aviation but at the same time our primary mission is to educate and inspire young people and uh, awesome. we do it in yeah. the context of science and technology engineering and math we use the airplanes as a hook uh, to get them in there as you look at the airplanes you'll see um, 
STEM-related uh, facts about all the airplanes that kind of put everything into context. It's a great way to, to, to inspire young people because many of the folks that come and visit us have never been in something like this. And when they realize that all of the airplanes that we have fly, it really changes the context of right. all of Right, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, they all fly. Those are working aircraft that are in your museum. Almost all of them do. We have a couple that don't, uh, but uh, almost all of them do. So it's, it's really a neat thing, and especially on the weekends when we, when we roll the airplanes out to, to fly them and uh, see the big bombers, the B-17 and B-25 <clears> start up on the ramp wow. and hear those mm. big old radial engines crank up. It's a wonderful sound. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, this, this area is like a magnet. With, you know, the home of human spaceflight being here and now with you being so close to that, I guess, is there any activity with other educational programs being aimed at your facility? Well, we, we certainly look at uh, Space Center Houston as, uh, um, uh, as in, a, in a partnering uh, respect. Uh, right, right. And uh, we, uh, we look over time to, uh, to build that relationship in a way that uh, as they focus on, on, on the space aspect of things and we focus on, uh, on, uh, on, on flight um, near Earth, uh, we, we look to, to help build that over, over time. And I think there's lots of opportunity to do that. Because that's where it all starts. First, you fly here, then you get higher and higher. Yeah. Next thing you know, you're in space, sure. right? It sure. really, it really is an incredible opportunity here in this area between the two, I mean, between Space Center Houston and the Lone Star Flight Museum. I mean, it's unbelievable. Such a such treasures we have locally. That just seems like a partnership made in heaven. Really, it does with the Space Center Houston and with what y'all are doing, especially with the the young kids trying to get them involved in not only math and science but aeronautics and all of it. Who knows? Who knows where it goes Technology, beyond that? Technology. I mean, development, yeah, software engineering. There's there's because their education yeah. focuses on like robotics yeah. and flight yeah, and we're, we're not trying to make pilots out of all of the all the young people that come through. We just want them to realize that the art of the possible is is out there at their fingertips, and we want to show them what it kind of looks like. And then they can make their own mind up. They can go into many different fields of uh, engineering and, and aviation and space. They can do any medicine. They can do anything that they want. And we just want to show them that that's possible. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. That is awesome. Now, we touched on the, the Galveston location. And if correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe you came on board at Lone Star before the move started, correct? I mean, the decision maybe had already been made, but... Uh, but I think, you know, you, you've actually been, well, how long have you been with the museum? I've been with the museum a little over two years now. Okay. And uh, I was brought on early in the construction process to help, uh, help oversee that. And uh, when we made the move from Galveston to Ellington, it was a complete move. What we have at Ellington doesn't even resemble uh, what we had at Galveston. And it's a, it's a new mission. It's a new building. It's a purpose-built building. Um, and so with that, we increased the size, we quadrupled the size of the staff, so we had to build all of the, um, the HR programs, we had to hire staff, we had to uh, build the concept of operations for the museum itself with the new exhibits and the academic programs, so everything that was, a, was... That's a level up. That's everything a, that's was brand new. Maybe up. five levels up, yeah. Maybe five, yeah. Wow. So we had, we, had a, we had a lot to do. We did a remarkable thing in a year. So they broke ground on this museum the first week of May of 2016. And uh, on May 12th, we hit substantial completion. On May 20th, we held our first gala in the, in the museum, a 1,000-person uh, gala. Wow. And then we finished the build-out, and we're ready to do the grand opening in, uh, on the 1st of September. And as we talked about, we got delayed a little bit. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Mother Nature's undefeated. Mm. Yeah. 
That and speaking of galas, I know there's been a lot of events. I know the uh, the Cloak Chambers Chamber Ball was just recently there last weekend. I mean, it seems like I've noticed uh, from from the emails. I mean, you all have a pretty active uh, calendar between events that I guess you're hosting from a catering, you know, kind of a event venue standpoint, but then also events you're putting on and promotions. You have authors. You have. All, I mean, it just seems like a like a whole another level of activity compared to maybe it used to be a couple of years ago at the old location. Uh, that's very true. Um, and everything you said is is accurate. Teresa and I were at the uh, um, at the chamber event the other night, uh, which was a, a, a wonderful thing. Um, we've got the hangar bash coming up coming up this Saturday. The following Friday, um, we've got uh, not only an air show event uh, at the museum, but we also have. Uh, uh, a new one called Fathers in Flight, where we've got uh, dads coming in with their kids to spend the night in the museum, and uh, they'll fall, follow that into the air show on Saturday. And oh, then, wow. And then we'll be fully engaged in the air show for the weekend. So we stay very busy. The museum was, again, built partially in mind from a business perspective to, uh, for facility rental and for special events. So we've had, uh, just in the past year, we probably had 40 hangar-level events that we've uh, uh, we've accommodated, and it's uh, it's been a been a neat thing to bring to the community. It Excellent. seems like just even the location change in the venue has created opportunities. Well, certainly for the flight museum, yeah. instead of being isolated, I don't mean to say isolated like Galveston's like an isolation, but it is in Ireland. Being being <laughs> here, being here in Clear Lake, you're you're. I mean, there's so much flight in this area, and like you're with the 147th out of Ellington. You're right next to them. You're around human space flight i mean all of that is true you would think um uh, just moving 30 miles up the road that it would uh, be a very similar market but it's, it's completely not. different <laughs> uh in galveston we enjoyed the the tourist market and uh, the accidental visitor if you will where we sit now at ellington um we are we are a place that you come to to see us destination right. for sure destination so, absolutely so we were we're built with that in mind and it's a completely different market where we sit that 30 miles made a huge difference in in uh, what we bring to the to the houston market so we have a houston address uh it's uh we're part of the we're part of the city we're part of the houston airport system we enjoy being a partner with all of that and as uh, Spaceport Houston starts to build up, right? I'm so are, excited about the Spaceport. Yeah. We are an anchor business uh, yes. in that regard. So we bring a lot to the uh, to the Houston market, and we're we're excited to be part of that. That is so awesome. I'm so glad that things have have drastically changed since y'all have moved to this location. Because we, when we first heard that you were moving, y'all were moving to this location, we were we were pretty freaked out. We were like, yeah. We're I mean, pumped, yeah. you know, I mean, it was, to be quite honest, it was a little hard to find you on Galveston. You had to travel down a road, then travel way down another road, and then come up another road. But here, you're right in the middle of it all. You're maybe three miles from the uh, from the freeway, maybe two miles from the freeway. Oh, yeah. From I-45. Yeah. It's, it's about that. Yeah. I, I will tell you this. We spent 27 wonderful years years on Galveston um, we we partnered with the with the city we uh, um, we were were part of that that business uh, profile that the, the city of Galveston uh, has and uh, uh, when we left we did on a high note we did so on a high note and if, Absolutely. Uh, on July 15th when we closed the doors July 15th of 2017 when we closed the doors the last thing we did was we opened the museum up for free 
we gave away uh, we raffled flights in the, in our airplanes that day that flew that day Ooh. we gave over a dozen uh, rides away to to our friends we f- we fed everybody we did a great big picnic we went out and celebrated our 27 years at Galveston but when we came up here and we opened those doors and we had our grand opening up here at uh, at Ellington it was very purposeful we have a new market we want to stay friends with the the folks at Galveston as we left down there but make m- no mistake we're we're full up Houstonians in this regard and we <laughs> We are ready to serve a market that's got over a million plus young people in it, and we want to we want to meet them all. Yeah, very well that's said. Excellent. I love that very message. Well that positive energy really is is hitting home for a lot of young folks. You know, so that's. I'll drink to that. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. 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 So what's next? What's next for the flight museum? Is there? Well, as we have finished our first year, we look to the future. We look to, to build a, a very stable platform there, both, both from a business perspective and uh, already we look at growth and, uh, and, and how we want to improve our, um, our experience with the community, how we want to engage with schools. We have already uh, engaged with over 125 schools in, the, in just the year that we've, uh, that we've been open. We've had over 8,000 young people come through, 3,000 just this summer alone, as I mentioned. And uh, we have an opportunity to, um, to reach out and, uh, and make a difference in, in a lot of young people's lives. I say that uh, in the same breath that uh, I'll tell you we want to meet the needs of uh, the aviation enthusiast, the veteran, uh, those that just enjoy history. We want to do all of that with, with folks uh, while we focus on, uh, on young people to meet their needs. Um, I have uh, I've met some wonderful uh, uh, youngsters uh, over the over the time that we've been open, and um, I normally am there with their parents, and we talk, and I talk to the kids, and uh, several of them have just impressed me in in, in ways that you, that you can't imagine. I had a, one youngster's uh, name was Matthew uh, Matthew Fernandez, and Matthew was there with his uh, mom and his sister, and. Uh, we were talking, sitting at a table in our little cafe, and we were chatting. And uh, his mom, he was being a little bit quiet. Mom told him, he says, tell him where, where guys, uh, where pilots, Air Force pilots go to learn to fly. And he thinks for a second, he says, I, they, they, they go to Colorado. So I Googled up a picture of the Air Force Academy Cadet Chapel. And uh, I showed him the picture, and he goes, is this what you mean? He goes, yeah. He goes, that's where they learned to fly. Oh, that's so great. And his uh, mom says, yeah. He says, we visited out there and stayed at a hotel across from the academy. I says, well, it just so happens I went to school there a long time ago. I even taught flying there as well. And uh, so I pulled up my iPhone, and I pulled up a picture of a T-6 Texan II which is uh, the primary trainer for the Air Force. And I told him that. I said, this is the primary trainer. And then I Googled up a picture of uh, T-38 Talon, which is what, the, uh, what NASA astronaut flies astronaut, out here. Yeah, it's the astronaut taxi. It's also the advanced <laughs> trainer for the Air Force. So I showed him that picture, and I said, what do you think of that? And he looks at me. He goes, that's a fast jet. And I said, well, how do you know? And then he said this to me. He says, it's aerodynamically shaped. It's got short, stubby wings, and it's got big engines. Wow. Nine years old. Wow. Wow. Nine years old. And I sat there dumbfounded for a second and I said, that is exactly right. (laughs) You're correct, sir. I said, there's there's not many adults that could have have 
isolated yeah, those have, three have criteria. Said those things. Yeah. So I talked to him a little bit more about how the airplanes fly and about how how speed and lift is created with uh, for faster airplanes. And uh, later, I, I I saw him in one of our hangars. I says, "Have you ever been in an airplane?" He goes, "No." So I got the opportunity to put him in one of our airplanes and took a picture of him. And so I've got that now, and I gave him one of my business cards. And I says, if you ever want to come back and talk about flying, says you come find me. That is excellent. So I've got wow. That is so cool. I've got lots of stories about youngsters like that that have come in that have, are so impressive. And they're young. We got young Kelly Johnsons they're, everywhere, they're, huh? They, ready to these, these are young <laughs> ready to people. Create. These are young people that 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 have a twinkle in their eye, and they have a sense of of what can be out there. What I want to do is I want to reach those that don't. I want them, I want others to see out there that there is something out there that can inspire them to do something great. Excellent. Yeah. Well, we're going to take a real quick really break, cool. and we're going to be back with General Owens. They're all we could afford. The Galactic Coast Power Hour. More with these two in just a minute. What would you like from your bank or credit union? How about a mobile app that makes banking simple? How about free online banking and mobile bill pay? How about loan decisions made locally? How about 15 convenient locations? Associated Credit Union of Texas has all of these and more. Sounds like you should get associated. ACU of Texas, federally insured by the NCUA. For more info, visit acutx.org. Lamont Brands is a veteran-owned business serving the Houston Clear Lake area and beyond. Their in-house capabilities include screen printing, embroidery, rhinestones, heat press transfers and thermal flex design, as well as e-commerce solutions and on-site fulfillment. If you're looking to brand your business through custom apparel and or promotional products, Lamont Brands should be your first and only call. Lamont Brands is located at 920 Gemini in Houston. Give them a call at 281-286-7553 or visit them online at lamontbrands.com. Hey, it's Adam Smasher, and clearlaketoday.com is where I go to find restaurants, events, entertainment services, and more in the Clear Lake and Bay Area. If you're looking to find a certain business in the Clear Lake area, you need to check clearlaketoday.com. Now, if you are a business in the Clear Lake and Bay Area, make sure your business info is on clearlaketoday.com. To advertise your business, contact Doug Meisinger by emailing doug at clearlaketoday.com. When you're looking for a new home... John Wilkinson can help answer questions related to obtaining a mortgage lender up to finding and securing the best home for you. John will take your best interests as his own and provide valuable property and neighborhood information that is important to your family. Call John at 281-974-0739 or email him at john at jwgetsitsold.com to start looking for your new home. Did you miss us? We're back. from the ACU of Texas right Studios, here. the Galactic Coast Power Hour with John Ennis and General Mighty Mike Taylor. We were right. <laughs> That's right. We're back with the uh, Galactic Coast Power Hour, and we're visiting with uh, General Owens from the uh, Lone Star Flight Museum. And uh, I guess let's talk a little bit more about the museum, about maybe some of the planes. I, mean, I, I was curious if you had a favorite plane out of all the planes there. Well, I, I do. Um, <laughs> my, my favorite airplane is the P-47 uh, Thunderbolt. I thought that might be your answer. Wow. I, I, and that's partly because uh, on active duty I flew I need the, to Google that real quick. The A-10 Thunderbolt II. A-10. And uh, so the... 
the jug is a, is a favorite of mine. And right now, if you go up there and, and look at it, we're about to pull the engine on it. Oh, really? Which is a really neat thing about coming to the museum. Because when you come into the museum and you look at the airplanes, they all have drip pens under them because most all of them fly. And uh, when we do maintenance on them... Is it that one? When we do maintenance on them, we uh, we uh, do it right there in front of everybody. So if you go in there today, you'll see the cowlings off the P-47, and we've got the prop on the floor, and we're about ready to pull the engine. And um, it's it's a really neat, neat thing. That is pretty cool because yeah. you can – not only that they're in – they're being used, uh-huh. but they're being worked on. And I'm, I remember several times going to the museum and seeing people – Working on aircraft while you're walking through the museum. Well, I was uh, in there with some guests today, and I was walking by our B-17, and uh, as I as I was, I noticed that uh, one of our mechanics was working on one of the engines, and the only thing I could see was from his waist down because <laughs> he was he was literally <laughs> he was literally up inside one of the one of the four engines on the B-17. So it's a, it's a neat thing, to, and it's a different aspect of being able to come to a museum like this to see that kind of thing. So being a pilot, do you get to fly almost any aircraft you want at the museum? I wish. <laughs> um, the short answer to that is no. Um, I do get to fly the airplanes with so- with someone else, and I'm not checked out in, in all of them. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, the pilots that uh, we uh, we have at the at the museum are, are wonderful, wonderful folks. Um, many of them have. Um, have decades worth of experience, uh, not only in, in aircraft in general, but in these kinds of aircraft, in in tail wheelers, in warbirds, and the like. Some of them are former military. Some of them uh, are uh, are airline uh, airline pilots. Some of them are both. Some of them have done this forever, and so their the range of experience is is great, and uh, they're they're very very professional, and and we trust them with our airplanes. So uh, we're very fortunate to have them. I don't have that experience myself in some of these, so I get to go along for the rides, which is which is a lot of fun. So that brings up an interesting question. So experience is waning, correct, on a lot of these aircraft? Uh, I think for these airplanes, um, if you're looking for the guys that originally flew the B-17, absolutely. I mean, because yeah. these guys are all are are now passing, 90, and, yeah. and uh, they're in their 90s. But there's been generations since then that have taken up the banner of keeping the keeping these warbirds uh, flying and keeping the older airplanes uh, in the air. There's communities of interest for for many different. So there's types not of a shortage of people that are wanting to fly these old birds, these old warbirds, and keep them in the sky. Um, I don't know that I could measure it like that. Okay, I, sure, I, sure. I, but I, I for right now, for right now, we've got we've got people that are absolutely that are more than dedicated to to being checked out and putting hundreds of hours into these airplanes. Sure, and I and they they do it do it for the love of the of the airplanes and uh, and for the experience. And when you think about it, to keep uh, history flying. Uh, when you think about it, to be behind the the controls of the B seventeen or a, oh. a, a, or a Corsair or any of the other airplanes to be able to say that you've actually done that is really something special. Absolutely. So also, just, uh, you know, I figured the Thunderbolt might be what you picked because because you know you flew the next version of it. You know, the A10. Yeah, and of course, and also man, that paint job's just so beautiful. It the is. Thunderbolt. The other the other plane I thought you would the other one I thought you might go with was the Sky Raider because it kind of had a similar mission to the A10. You know, it, the A1E is a uh, is a wonderful airplane and it uh, it serves such a marvelous mission in uh, in uh, Vietnam. 
uh, big airplane. Most people have no idea, especially when you look at it and you realize that it's a it's a single seat uh, aircraft, and and everything that it did uh, in uh, in Vietnam from a forward air control mission to a strike aircraft, and uh, it uh, it was an absolute uh, absolute workhorse in Vietnam. It really was. Um, but uh, I've never. I personally have never been fl flown in one of them, um, but I've got uh, folks that I served with that did do that in World in uh, in, in Vietnam. So uh, uh, we're very fortunate to have that represented in the museum. That's that's a, that's really an impressive aircraft, and it and it's kind of similar to the A10 that it, it it was a plane that they kept trying to retire, but it just it was so useful it just lasted because didn't it come into service I guess towards the end of uh, you know I guess in the late 40s and then it made it all the way through the Vietnam War, yeah, yeah. just kind of like the A10. It seems like they keep trying to retire it, but it seems like it's the most functional one of the more functional planes, especially for the current what's going on currently with the war on terror. I mean, what's sure. what's your thoughts on that? I know uh, there's been a push to. I have this picture of the of a, of a YouTube video of a, of a hearing with John McCain questioning uh, about the attempt of the military to try to retire the A-10, and you know, and and uh, you know, suggest that you know, there's other planes. Like even I think the B-1 bomber was brought up as something that could at least handle some of the uh, responsibilities of, of the of the warthog. One of many John Kerry uh, speeches to the uh, Senate. Or John McCain, yeah, John McCain. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Warthog is a, is a wonderful airplane. Um, I was uh, uh, privileged to fly it in the first Gulf War. Uh, I was in the, the, one of the was in the first A ten squadron that deployed during Desert Shield and uh, and Desert Storm um, back in August of nineteen ninety. Uh, was a young, uh, very young major at the time, and uh, taking that airplane over to Saudi Arabia and then uh, being able to employ it in combat uh, was uh, was a real privilege and uh, we found out <laughs> that had to be we, we found out at the time uh, that that airplane was was and continues to be uh, just uh, a workhorse for the different missions that it's uh, that it was built for is built around a 30 millimeter uh, Gatling gun the size of a Volkswagen. <coughs> shoots a bullet that <laughs> carries a shell that's over a foot long, and uh, it is a uh, it is a mean uh, tank buster, a, right? It is a mean machine and known as the tank buster. So um, I was telling the guys before we started today. I had uh, a surprise guest in the museum today. Turned out to be. Uh, my very first fighter squadron commander at Myrtle Beach Air Force Base in South Carolina, when, where I flew the A-10, and uh, he was my he was my boss, and uh, um, it was a real treat to real treat to see him today. I hadn't seen him in a long time, and uh, uh, being able to take and fly that airplane in, uh, in in combat is something else. What a lot of people don't realize is that when we left to go to Saudi Arabia in 1990, we never came home. Um, we have been at war uh, as a as a nation since yes, then. Yes, sir. Um, most people have no no sense of that. Um, as a matter of fact, um, we have um, we have fought in uh, in South uh, Southwest Asia. We fought in Europe. Um, we have fought all over the world. But we have been been in combat active combat operations all of this time. Um, and it's uh, it is something that's very sobering. It's a stress that we put on the on our fleet of aircraft, whether we're in the Air Force or the Navy, Army, and everything. And the men that fly them, yes, sir. And um, right now, uh, the young men and women that are flying our 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 fighters and bombers, and my sons are two of them. Wow. My my kids, uh, when I left to go to 
um, when I left to go to uh, Desert Shield in August of 1990, my oldest son was nine, and uh, he just found out that he's made lieutenant colonel in the Air Force. He's oh, wow. Bet bet between he and his brother, his brother's a, a captain. Uh, well done. They, uh, they've deployed eight times, and uh, they have... Uh, uh, they have all joined, all the young people today have joined during a time of war that, uh, for this nation. As and a voluntary. So, as a as voluntary. A voluntary. So we, we owe a great deal of uh, gratitude to, those, to, to our serving forces today, and it's, it's something that, uh, that many, many uh, folks take for, absolutely take for granted. Absolutely. 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 And thank you for your progeny and being two of them. I'm that real, is awesome. Real right. proud of uh, real proud of both of them. Apparently, the family so. business is uh, defending our nation, yeah. and that's a good family business. We thank you, sir. Did you Did you know growing up that this was always going to be a big part of your life? Like, did when did you at what age did you realize you know what I'm I'm here to serve my country and to serve others. Uh, believe it or not, um, I wanted to go to the Air Force Academy since I was old enough to, to know that there was one. Um, <laughs> my dad was, uh, was a three-war veteran. He uh, served in, in World War II, Korea, and Vietnam. My oh, wife's Jesus. dad uh, was also in Vietnam. We grew up as Army brats. So the notion of service and, uh, and doing something like this was, uh, was, was part of us. instilled in you mm -hmm. as, a, as a child. It was part of us. And uh, so it was... Uh, for me, it just really wasn't. Uh, it wasn't a question of uh, of if; it was just a question of when. And and I had that opportunity, and we've been very blessed along the way. Wow, you know, I think that brings up another another. You know, the the solitude of service is one thing that we're always grateful for, but a family of service. I mean, that is that is truly special. What you're talking about now is your your kids are at least a third generation of a military family. Fourth Four. generation Four. Uh, of a military family that has served this nation. Yeah, my my grandfather was uh, was in World War One, um, so uh, wow. yeah, we 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 grow them. That we, is awesome. We grow them red, white, and blue. We do, and we're proud of that. Um, and it, it's neat um, as we were growing up, and as my oldest uh, was uh, graduating uh, from uh, from high school. Um, uh, he'd already he'd gone to I think through twelve different schools, twelve or thirteen different schools growing up. And uh, as you moved around, as we moved around, uh, yeah, as your orders uh, were given and you leveled up. Yeah, as as uh, my family moved here, as my wife and I moved here, this was our twenty fifth move in thirty seven years of marriage. Wow! So um, we uh, <laughs> we've 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 been around. We spent a dozen years or so out in the Pacific, and uh, um, we have. We've got to do some really neat things, but it has come at a, uh, at a personal cost in terms of uh, a family and, and, and the like. And as I said, our boys, they make their own calls. I didn't, didn't force them into any of this, and, but I am proud of them. And we're not alone. There's lots of, there's lots of families like ours out there. And it, my hats are off. Uh, my hat is off to, to all of them, and I think uh, recognition of that uh, by, by folks in general goes a long way in just, just to say thank you. Because, because there's a lot of folks that are that are allowing shows like this to be on the air and and and, and the, the notion of freedom to Don't be able to do something why. like this yeah. is 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 very real very very real 
Well, yeah. we do appreciate it, sir. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. I'm glad you chose. Well, I mean, Texas is where you're from, right? So you're originally from Texas and you just kind of came back around or where, no, where are you born? I'm, I'm a Texan by choice. Okay. Okay. We, uh, <laughs> we, uh, I, over the years, I, I've spent quite a bit of time in Texas uh, as part of uh, different training opportunities. And but you were like, wow, this place is super cool. Houston's actually, awesome. <laughs> actually, that's that's very true. That's very true. So when it came time, my last assignment was in San Antonio at Randolph Air Force Base. And mm. we, we could have gone anywhere we wanted, and we decided we'd stay there. And so we built a, a home uh, in San Antonio. And when this came available, when this opportunity came available here, we, we took Seize it. Seize the day, right? So, so that's how we came to Houston, and well, we're we're Houstonians now. A lot of people give Texas crap for being, you know, hard headed and rigid. But actually, man, my experience in Texas is this is one of the most open minded states, or at least this city, Houston. Houston is one of the op- most open minded cities, probably in in the United States. I mean, I we mean, have it's a the very, most diverse. Yes, for we sure. have a very yeah. eclectic, you know, diverse population that. Yeah, but we're but we're all in it together, you know. We Especially, are in it it, together. that's the thing is like people from all different worlds and cultures and upbringings. You're still at the end of the day, you're Houstonian. Race, religion, that's creed, right. All whatever. that, yeah, yeah, all that goes out the window. It's like you're Houstonian, you're a Texan. Oh, you're good. We're gonna take care of each other, right? Okay, so General, can we geek out on some of the aircraft that you've flown? Because <laughs> both me and John are like huge Warthog fans. We really are. We we think it's like the most versatile awesome aircraft ever built and we want to ask you some questions because we know no, we <laughs> know we know that you flew them and you flew them under stress did you flew the a10 in combat situations correct i, I did okay I did. so i had a friend tell me and i'm not an air force guy i don't i don't know i don't know how to fly these planes but i geek out when people tell me but do you sometimes fly the plane upside down to observe what's going on on the ground well Yes. <laughs> right? Oh, man. Okay. So, awesome. so what I was told was that you would fly upside down to observe, gain gain an advantage, and then take a, a angle of attack? The, the thing about the fighters that we fly today is, is they all fly. You fly them three-dimensionally. You don't, it's not like a car where you drive and you turn this way. You fly them relative. To, to something else so oh, you can man. you can you can you can fly them straight up straight down upside down sideways you can fly them about any way that you want the airplanes today in in general especially the the high performance aircraft they they are built such that they can they can actually outperform a human body so so the the, the pilots, limitation is the pilot the pilots that fly them today actually have uh they they wear equipment that help um, help them perform under under G and under stress in in the airplanes. Now in the A10, um, we you know we didn't it was not a super high G airplane. We did we did uh, we did pull G, but uh, not not super high G. Um, but it was uh, the airplane was built uh, to fly uh, in a, at another time in another place. It was built to fly low uh, in a. Uh, um, in a dynamic scene, combat situation it's built to fly at treetop level in a very oh, high wow. high dense environment um, and then to be able to uh, to to pop up drop its bombs and then get back down on the on the deck 
So the first time we flew it in combat was at medium altitude, not at low altitude. And when I talk low altitude, I mean 500 feet or less. But, right. So we're flying up in the 20,000s of feet or, or so as we're, we were flying it. And uh, so it was different. So it was uh, medium altitude tactics and, and, and the like. And the airplane handles differently at, at, the, at those altitudes. But it is a wonderful, wonderful airplane. It is built like a tank. It acts like a tank. Uh, and it kills tanks. And it does. But <laughs> at 20,000 feet, though, you're relying on, on assets on the ground to, 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 spot, to not, spot what's going not, on. No, not necessarily. Really? Uh, no, you've you, you, you got your Mark I eyeball that you're looking down at. The, wow. Uh, at the, and, then you, and today you've got, other, you've got other assets that can help you um, find targets on the ground and spot them and do things. So there's, there's tremendous capability out there today. And the airplane, the A-10 today, is different than the one that I flew in Desert, uh, Desert Storm. Sure, refinement's always um, a thing. But how was pulling the trigger on that Volkswagen? Um, it is not a Volkswagen, my friend. It is a tank. The, the gun, the gun, <laughs> the gun inside is as big as a Volkswagen. It is. It is. Um, doing it from inside and hearing it from outside is two different things. Uh, but a short squeeze on that thing will fire about 4,000 rounds a minute. Wow. So a short squeeze on the a trigger will put out 80 or 100 rounds in just a... Ah. Yep. And I was, yep. I was told wow. by my brother-in-law that the plane will stall if the trigger's... If if the if the if it could fire for longer than three seconds, the plane would stall. I hear it'll go backwards, but I don't know. Right. That <laughs> <laughs> All right. All that and more. We got to take a break. We'll come back. Back. Okay. The Galactic Guys. Watch us on Facebook Live and YouTube. And don't forget to tell us how pretty we look. It's what your mother would want. And no one knows your mom like the Galactic Guys. Go to Vinyl Draft Radio. What would you like from your bank or credit union? How about a mobile app that makes banking simple? How about free online banking and mobile bill pay? How about loan decisions made locally? How about 15 convenient locations? Associated Credit Union of Texas has all of these and more. Sounds like you should get associated. ACU of Texas, federally insured by the NCUA. For more info, visit acutx.org. If you have a vehicle registered in Texas, you can join artists like Lyle Lovett, Pat Green, Randy Rogers, and more when you purchase a Texas Music license plate from the Texas DMV. $22 out of the $30 fee goes directly towards the Texas Music Office, which funds music lessons and instruments for under-resourced school children, as well as towards funding live music and community music programs all around the state. Just head to TexasMusicOffice.com or the Texas DMV for more info on how to order your Texas Music specialty license plate. Good people of Texas, cast aside the every day and come as thou art not to the Texas Renaissance Festival. Feast and frolic amongst nobility, barbarians, and magical creatures. Create your own fantasy with clothing, jewelry, and more from hundreds of -of one-of-a-kind shops. The Texas Renaissance Festival. Nine weekends of feasting and merriment starting September 29th. Get your tickets now at texrenfest.com. Huzzah! Do you ever wonder how every single insurance company boasts about having the best rates for you? With so many companies, how is it possible that they all can have the best rates? Well, the reality is they're all telling the truth, kind of. You see, each insurance company has a target set of customers that they're looking for, so each company will have the best rates for someone. The challenge is finding the one that likes you the most. Perfect Policy evaluates you through more companies than any other insurance agent, and that's how they find the best policy for you. 
Contact Perfect Policy today. Chuck Sports Bar and Memorabilia in Leaf City is exactly what you picture a hometown bar to be. Watch the game with friends, great food, great drinks, and a friendly staff. Chuck's is also the home of celebrity bartender nights, open mic nights with Robert Del Toro, karaoke nights, and more. Chuck's is located at 601 East Main in Old League City, Tuesday through Thursday from 4 to 11 p.m. and Friday and Saturday from 4 to 1 a.m. Call 832-632-1325 or find them on Facebook, Chuck's Sports Bar, League City. One of them just threw up in the men's room. That's gross. We're back to the Galactic Guys and the Galactic Coast Power Hour on Final Draft Radio. That is right. We're back with the Galactic Coast Power Hour. And we're gonna we're gonna jump to the audio quiz. You know, every 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 uh, every episode we like to do a little quiz for our guests. Usually, you know, the themes always somehow tied into the guest. Uh, I, I will be honest uh, for y'all listening home. This might be the most difficult one we've ever done. But then, you know, we've we've got a general here in the audience. He's you pretty know. qualified. Yeah. I feel. So uh, you know, so we'll uh, I'm gonna play a series of clips and. Uh, if you can, they're all going to be aircraft related. So if you can identify the aircraft, and I might at some point start throwing hints at you because you know this is pretty hard. Um, but he's, a I've, gen- got, I've got faith. Way to go, right. I've got faith. <laughs> I've got so, faith. All right. So number one, that would be the Galway thirty millimeter on <laughs> That is correct. <clears throat> number two. That is the uh, Sky Raider. Oh, we got it, Sky no! Raider. All right, two for two. Let it go. All right, don't and help him. So God. far, all, so far, every plane, every plane's actually been mentioned. We might have mentioned a couple of them before the show started. Think workhorse, been in service for fifty plus years. That's a B fifty two. B fifty two. Well done. All right, we're gonna stick with the bombers. This one definitely uses fly-by-wire because if you look at it, you don't know how it stays in the air. Then that's the B-2. That's the B-2 stealth bomber. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and then this one seems like it never has enough runway. It's trying. I know what it That's is. The, uh, B-17? No, it's a C-5. Okay. That's a C-5. Just struggling to get up was, in the air. Yeah. Yeah, four out of five so far. That's good. All right, but uh, think about, you know, you, you just said something earlier, and this, that might help you here. Uh, C-130, what? Uh, I'm gonna play one more clip. That, that was a startup, and then this is the takeoff. It's obviously a prop job. And there's actually one in the museum. B17. B17. Yeah. All right. And then this. Uh, I got. I got a clue that'll give it away. See, hear that whispering coming in. That I think the Japanese had a special word for the for what they the sound it made. That's the uh, Corsair, the whispering death, whispering okay. death. Yeah. 
These are or whistling, good. whistling yeah. dead. These are, you did good with well, them. I'll try, try, <laughs> man. I'm, you know, what's the whispering deaf translation in Japanese? Do we know? Oh, oh, they they actually, shita. <laughs> no, no. Sorry. <laughs> B twenty five. B twenty five. I was about to say. I don't know how yeah, they got that to take off of an aircraft carrier. Yeah, he's he's almost perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now these might get kind of difficult. Uh, this. There's one of these in the museum. And actually, there's there's. It's part of a two plane collection. That's pretty impressive. That's, I, I guess that's the Mig seventeen. Okay. Yeah, that's throwing the afterburner on. <laughs> And then we discuss this one. Um, this this might be your favorite plane. I don't know. Is that the jug? That's the jug. Yeah, that's the P forty seven. Wow. So I, mean, I think I got like nine out of ten there. So yeah, that was a very successful. Those are good. Well, that's those are really good. Okay. Well, well, well done. Well, hey, I'm impressed. I mean, you know. Well done. Well done to you, sir. The last one sounded like a lawnmower to me. <laughs> it, it, it did. It now did. it will. It will clear some grass. <laughs> Excellent. Man, so how many how many uh, B-17s are flying? I mean, do you have any idea? I mean, there's not that many. I mean, there's, uh, there's about eight of them. Eight, 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 wow. eight, eight, eight or ten of them that are still flying. So we're real fortunate to have one of them uh, with, the, with the museum. And if you've seen it, it is in uh, wonderful condition. It is. It is. And, and it still flies. I mean, there's actually opportunity for people to... Uh, to to take flights, correct? There, there is. Uh, we do have a flight experience uh, where we uh, offer rides in, um, in several of our tailwheel airplanes, uh, our Stearmans and uh, the T-41, both of the bombers. Uh, right now, we're actually overwhelmed with, with folks that are waiting to fly the airplanes. Oh, wow. So this is awesome. I was like, maybe I can get on that list. And then I was like, yeah, maybe we've, not. <laughs> we've, we've got so many that are waiting right now wow. that we're, um, we've held up on sales on them for, for right now just so that we can get the backlog like taken up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but we've, um, yeah, it's, if you've never been in one, if you've never been in an open cockpit tailwheel airplane, it is quite the experience. And, uh, and to be able to fly in one of the, the old bombers is something else. Um, to realize that uh, on, in the World War II, we put thousands of uh, young men in there, average age, probably 18, 19 years old, and, uh, and put, sent, them, sent them into harm's way with uh, with airplanes that had skin on them that uh, was almost paper thin uh, it was really really something else and to be able to to do that is uh, is really an experience and one of the real co- cool things with the b-17 is you know and actually a number of the planes from the museum actually participate in a lot of the demonstrations at the, the wings over houston air show they do and my favorite's always you know the uh yeah, the B-17s flying. Uh, there, there's the reenactment. Uh, yeah, some the of the re- well, there's, there's been some really neat reenactments at Wings Over Houston. And I remember a couple of years ago they did one, which actually might be one of my favorite. And I don't think they've done it in a couple of years since. Was a Vietnam reenactment where they had the Sky Raider. Well, actually, they did it last year. Did they do it last yeah, year? Okay, they okay. Did it last year had like a A4. Yep. They had yeah. I mean that mm. was that was really neat. Yeah. So we'll we'll have uh, several of our aircraft that are in the air show that uh, will happen on the 20th and 21st uh, weekend after next. 
Uh, we'll have both the bombers. Uh, we'll have our Stearman. Uh, we'll have our T6 that'll fly. Sky Raider will, will, will fly, maybe even the MiGs. Uh, they will. The MiGs flew last year, at least the, the, the silver um, MiG-15 did. So there will be a lot of opportunity. And we'll have our B-17 on the ramp that will be open for people to actually walk, walk through. through. Oh, nice. or no crawl way. Through, crawl through. Um, right <laughs> so but it's that that's a neat thing to do to, to do as well oh absolutely so now the air show is literally the the coolest event that that happens annually in absolutely Houston. i mean it's it's and it's one of the top air shows in the country i believe but. it ranks up there as as one of the top air shows it does and we'll probably have a hundred thousand uh folks out there over the two-day period um, blue angels will be out there this year ah blue angels um, again awesome we'll have the uh, the whole show is sponsored by the commemorative air force and uh, they'll do their torah torah um tour, tour, show, tour, yeah. and that'll be that'll be a lot of fun uh, there'll be a lot of acrobatic uh, flights and uh, it is a neat two-day uh, two-day experience so remember as a kid growing up in this area what we would do is we would go on our roofs and we would sit on the roof edge you still do that and watch all the explosions <laughs> we well, still we do were that in, we were in we were in middlebrook we were basically backed up to ellington air force base so we could see before they built all the other stuff bay oaks and big Glen right and that, yeah, yeah. Before, <laughs> boom you could see and you could mm-hmm. feel the explosions and everybody would fly oh man that was awesome mm-hmm. now we gotta you know i'm an adult i could afford to pay but as a kid you know that was that was the best seat in the house i'm getting on the chimney yeah, if you're, thinking of, if you're thinking about going to the air show, I, I, I recommend, I mean, first of all, swing by the Lone Star Flight Museum or also Absolutely. the Eagle Squadron passes is sure. the way to do it. That's sure. the, uh, sure. that's, I highly recommend Eagle Squadron. And you mentioned that you'll be having an event going on that weekend. And so what, like, if people are in town for the Wings Over Houston, they, they can come to the museum and, you know. Well, actually, we, we're going to, we will be closed okay, in support okay. of the, uh, in support of the Which air show sense, that weekend. Yeah. Uh, we were open last year. We're not going to do that this time. Um, we want people to enjoy the enjoy sure. the air show and then uh, but see us right. out there and then come back and visit tease. us. It'll be a tease. It'll be a tease. They'll yeah. see the, the right. yeah they'll see the building like as they leave and go. Oh, we're coming back and you'll have the B seventeen out. Yeah, so this a is, lot of your air, a lot of your aircraft are involved in the commemorative air force as well, correct? Uh, n- not our airplanes. Not, our, really, no. not none of your airplanes. So the B seventeen will be on the pad. It'll be on the pad, ready for you to walk in and and it, tour. It it will. And um, awesome. So we. Uh, um, we'll have them have them out there, and we, what we want to do is, is have people go out and enjoy the air show, and then come back again and see us. Sure. This is we'll have a hundred thousand people out there to see where <laughs> right, we are, right. and we want them to come back and enjoy a full day with us. Excellent, excellent. So, uh, talk a little bit about the, there's some simulators there at, at the museum, correct? So one of the one of the uh, galleries that we have is called the Aviation Learning Center. And uh, what we do with that is we invite uh, uh, groups in, mostly school groups. We have a, uh, a dedicated uh, and deliberate syllabus uh, that uh, accompanies that visit. And uh, what we do is we bring the school groups in, and groups of 36 or less, and uh, we uh, invite them to, to participate in the three different elements of that learning center. We have a learning lab. We've got a little hangar where we've got a beautiful Mooney uh, M20 Ovation airplane. And then we've got 10 Redbird simulators that, are, that round out that, that entire complex. 
And so they work their way through the lab where they learn about different things about flying instrumentation. And we've got a small wind tunnel. They learn about weight and balance and weather and navigation. And then we bring them into the uh, hangar where they learn about pre-flighting the airplane. We have them plan a flight from uh, Ellington down to Galveston and back. We let them pre-flight the airplane as if they're really going to fly it. Uh, It's got power to it. They can get in it, climb in it, do all of those things. And then we bring them into the simulator bay. We have them fly the mission. We have them sit down and we put the headsets on and they they actually fly what they planned. And uh, it's a really, really neat experience. It goes about two and a half hours. And uh, we expose them to to all kinds of science and everything without them ever uttering a word of science. (laughs) And so they come out of there in spite of themselves with a smile on their face. And it's it's a lot of fun. On the weekends, we'll open up just the simulator bay in order for the for our guests to come in and just experience that. So they can go into free flight and um, and and try and fly. These are real. These are not toys. So these are this is a try and fail a lot of the times. Well, it's a trying, try and try well, and crash. Well, okay. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Let me let me re- rephrase. So being an actual simulator, if you do not have skills. You're you're not going to be successful in your mission, correct? That is a polite way to put it. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> these these are set up that you can't crash. I mean, they'll bounce. That you can drive them like a car if on the on the road. They're, it's it's not going to. So you they're a, set up for me. Yeah, it is. <laughs> you can come in and, 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 boom, it, and boom, it's a positive experience, boom. and it, it it really is. And we we want it to be that way. We want. Well, you know when you're driving the airplane down the road that it's this you're not supposed to be driving you are supposed to be above the road that becomes that becomes self-evident it does it does now i haven't done those but i've done the hang glider simulate you know the simulators that you have over so 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 tell me how close you came to landing on the i actually i think i at least one time i mean it took a while to get used to it there's a score so tell me there's there's a number of feet how many how close did you go i don't know i don't know i mean it's yeah i don't know i mean i've done it three different times at three different occasions my daughter actually might be better than i am at it she she yeah, that thing is tough yeah uh, no you, it is all you have to do is follow a there's a guy going believe it or not you, there's yeah. a they give, penguin. A, they give you a hud like a penguin <laughs> no, hud where no, you follow. There's, there's a little penguin and a hang glider in front of you and all you have to do is follow it that's all you have to do and he, he flies around the valley and then he Amazing comes back around and lands how hard it is to follow that dead gum penguin <laughs> it's very sensitive and you can get vertigo and right uh, yeah oh yeah no there's one day I, I was worthless on it and there's a couple other days where i was dialed in and i did better but there's one day where i mean everything was opposite i mean i was like oh, i mean just was hopeless but it's no a, that's a lot of fun though it that's, is it's, it's pretty so sensitive cool. but that gallery that that one is in that's the flight academy and in that one we actually do get into the science of flight so we talk about about the Bernoulli principle, Newton's first, second, and third law. We talk about thrust and drag and weight and lift, the four forces on flight. We and there's interactives in there that the, uh, young anybody can play with, and it's a it's a really neat thing. And we, there's a small eight minute video that goes soup to nuts from the Bernoulli principle all the way to the space shuttle. Wow! And it's a it's an award winning little video that um, is kind of tongue in cheek. Uh, but it explains in uh, almost in cartoon format the the principles of flight. It's really really neat. That is super cool. Yeah, it is. And I definitely recommend the uh, the get the memberships because you, you you go three times and it's paid for itself. Paid for over. It. Actually, I think it was two times. Yeah, uh, the, yeah the membership is the way to go. Yeah, definitely. Because uh, you can come back over and over. We we keep try and keep the uh, the, the aircraft refreshed. We have um, we have friends that that want to show their airplanes so we'll bring new airplanes in and take airplanes out on occasion um and uh we uh 
we keep the airplanes moving around in the hangars. Um, so we keep we, it fresh, keep we, it new. We do. We try and keep it uh, keep uh, keep it looking uh, uh, fresh for our for our members and the like. And we do lots of neat things. Um, we'll have an astronomy night. And we'll take Ooh. the telescopes, uh, bring a club in from uh, University of Houston, and we'll set them up out on the ramp. And and then black dark out there. It's it's real it's real good viewing out there. Believe it or not. And so we've had a, had a lot of a lot of success with that. So. We have family uh, movie nights. We have all kinds of things that happen at the museum uh, that we uh, to support the community. So we uh, we absolutely want folks to come out. Can they can they subscribe to an email list? Maybe by going to the website or is that? They can. Yeah, yeah. They can, I they definitely can, recommend doing that. Get yeah. on our newsletter, which uh, which goes out uh, uh, monthly, and uh, uh, it's uh, it's a neat thing and to keep folks up to date. And there's a member letter as well. Well, yeah. General Owen, it has been a very 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 deep pleasure of mine to have you on the show. Mine we too. appreciate your service, your service your family has given for the last four generations. Sir, we salute you. Thanks for your service. What it's can I say? Awesome. You gave me a beer. I'm happy to be here with <laughs> yeah. you. We have, we have more beer as well. well and, and there'll be beer Saturday. 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 Yeah. Hangar Bash. October 13th, Hangar Bash. Yeah. Please and, come out and visit us. And, Thanks, and, guys. And check out LoneStarFlight.org, you know, and, and put your name on the newsletter list because the amount of events they have, you have uh, modern military craft coming in from time to time. I know you had a Super Hornet here we not did. too long ago. Mm. I mean, there's a there's really a lot going on, and uh, it's excellent for the kids, mm-hmm. excellent for the, the kids at heart like me. You yeah. know, it's excellent for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So check it out. <laughs> Thanks so much, guys. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you, General.